Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Thursday. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Arthur Idala on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. I um, I just want to start off the show by acknowledging the loss of a radio great. I know you guys have been listening to John Katsimatidis' show, and you heard about Mr. Bernard McGurk. It's been on the news all day long. Uh, real quick, I won't belabor the point because I know you heard some beautiful tributes about him. But um, I know Bernie both from the radio and television because when he uh, when Imus was doing the Fox Business Channel, uh, television show I would often be on and I will tell you that uh, going on television uh, with Imus was not the easiest thing in the world I was on with Imus when I would be on television literally five days a week sometimes seven days a week so I was not exactly uh, very intimidated by the likes of uh, Martha McCallan and Bill Hammer and Shepard Smith and Neil Cavuto and, and Brian Kilmeade etc cetera, etc cetera. But you walk into uh, Imus's studio and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if he's going to call you a jerk, stupid, an idiot. And the person who you relied on to kind of protect you or if you were getting attacked just to look at to be, to be comf- comforted was Bernard McGurk. Uh, and uh, he was just – he was like a good guy. I mean, I don't, you know, he and I were – uh, I'm not going to say on totally different ends of the political spectrum, but there were oftentimes we did not agree. Uh, especially then when I got to go on his radio show, uh, you know, we would, we would do battle, but at the end, you know, we would hug and I mean, we, we would check in with each other and, you know, how's your life and how's this and how's marriage, et cetera. And, uh, I, you know, I'm going to miss him. I I've been missing him. I know that he's been very, very sick. Uh, the last text I got from him, I believe was just a little bit more than two weeks ago, you know, I would text him at least once a month, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, just checking in. And often over the last two or three months, he did not reply, but he did, um, he did reply. And I'm, you know what, let me just read what he wrote to me because it was pretty cool to hear back from him. I actually, when I heard back from him, I told uh, a bunch of people like uh, John Katzmatidis and other, you know, like Bernie answered me, Bernie answered me because it was a big deal. Um, on September the 14th at 10.33 a.m., Wednesday, I wrote, Thinking of You, Bernie. Before that, I wrote, Bernard, keep fighting the good fight. It's worth it, and we need you. Big love from Brooklyn, Arthur Idala. And then um, on the September, and he didn't write back. That was on uh, the very end of August, August 30th, September 14th. I wrote, Thinking of You, Bernie. And then the next day, 
at 6 o'clock in the morning. He wrote, strong man you are, Arthur, with three exclamation points, all the love and respect. And I wrote back immediately, so happy to hear from you, Bernie. So happy to hear from you, Bernard. Sending you all the best wishes from Brooklyn. And I sent him a picture of the two of us. And that was my last correspondence with him. I know he had a real rough time these last months. I uh, pray to God that he is in a much better pro- place. Um, he suffered tremendously. And I heard, uh, I want to give my hats off uh, to Frank Morano, who I think did like close to nine hours of radio, maybe like a little less than that, maybe eight hours of radio, because he did his overnight show and then he came in and he filled in basically for Sid and he and Curtis did the show. And, and you know, I, there's a lot of overlap between 970 and WABC. You just heard John Katsimacidis, who owns WABC. You know, he's on our airwaves every day uh, right before this show. So there's a lot of love between the two, uh, the two entities. Um, you know, Bernie's going to be, he's going to be missed. He left a big, big mark um, on the city uh, or on the, on the, the probably the tri-state area. People have been listening to him and watching him for years and years. He was a really smart guy, a very um, well-read man and a very well-prepared man. Like, you know, you if I just put a picture on Facebook of me. And, yes, my desk is a little uh, – has some stuff. We have the mayor coming up in a little while. So I have statistics and things laid out because it's the mayor and it's a big show. Bernard McGurk would have his desk covered – with all kinds of newspaper clippings, all kinds of articles. Um, He obviously subscribed to the same philosophy that I do, which is there is no substitution for preparation. So um, Bernard McGurk, rest in peace. Thank you for all you did. Thank you for what you taught all of us. Thank you for entertaining all of us. And as I said, I hope you're in a much better place than where you've been the last couple of months because I I know you you had a real rough time, everybody. Um, Speaking of buddies... And one who's not going anywhere. Today was one of those days where I, after I dropped Luca off at school, and I know I had the mayor tonight, so that kind of hangs over your head a little bit. It's a big thing to deal with. But I have a very, very big appointment tomorrow in the DA's office, so I had to prep for that. We are working on the Harvey Weinstein appeal, so I was working on that a little bit. And I was just, I was getting a lot done. You know when you have those days where you're just very productive and you're just cranking through stuff? And I was really excited. I was just Boom, 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 boom. You know, you, you, I have, I always have my things to do list. I have the digital one and I have the analog one that's just written down. Um, and I try to check things off. So I'm rocking and rolling. I didn't have any lunch plans. I'm ready to go. I think, I don't know, it was 1130, I mean, 1235. And just when I was getting a little hungry, I do that intermittent fasting thing. So I don't, I eat between like 1 p.m. and 8 p.m. And I try not to go out of that window. I mean, I'm not religious about it like our friend Carol Alt, but. You know, I try to stick to it. 12.35, my phone, I look down at my phone, and who's calling? Uncle Geraldo Rivera, a former guest here on the, a previous guest, I should say, on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. So I answer, and, you know, he lives in Cleveland, right? I'm thinking he's just calling to check in. It happens to be the four-year anniversary of his daughter's uh, soul's bat mitzvah. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe a picture popped up on his uh, phone the way it popped up on my phone because we had an unbelievable time in Cleveland four years ago. And he's just saying hello from Cleveland. I answer the phone. I go, hey, Uncle Geraldo, what's going on? And without without uh, any formalities, he just cuts right to the chase. You want to meet me at Michael's for lunch in 10 minutes? And without me hesitating, I go, sure. And, uh, you know, going to 
Michael's, uh, the restaurant here in Manhattan, not Michael's of Brooklyn, but Michael's in Manhattan, um, where there was all kinds of media big shots in there. Walking in there with Geraldo Rivera is just, it's special. It's a, um, it's uh, a real privilege. You know, Geraldo is, uh, he's pushing the big 8-0 and, uh, you know, he is really a, an icon, definitely around this country and, and even in places around this world. And uh, I, as I said on the show when I was with him, I always learned something when I talked to Geraldo Rivera. Uh, and that was the case today. So I came back to the office. Um, I read some documents in preparation to go into the district attorney's office in Manhattan tomorrow for a, um, a big meeting on a big case. Uh, and then I said, you know what, let me prepare for the mayor because, you know, I, I, we're, I feel the obligation to you guys to make sure you guys get some information from him. Uh, you know, he doesn't do a lot of radio because I think he gets a little beat up. Now, maybe not when he does the actual show, but thereafter, and maybe people are a little disrespectful to him. But um, it's been wonderful to speak with him and his staff who have been on this show, and, and I can tell you they're working hard, but I want you to hear it from him. So um, we're going to break up the show a little differently, to, according to Mr. Sam Bolin. To be blunt, we're going to do a couple of more commercials early so that um, we're going to have the whole bottom of the show with the mayor, basically from right around 6.30, hopefully all the way till hopefully he'll stay with us until the end of the show. So don't go away. Uh, if you have any um questions, you can go on my Facebook page or the Arthur Idala uh, Facebook page. I think it's just Arthur Idala, right? Just, just, you'll see my little picture sitting behind my desk. Um, or you can email me, just Google my website and come find me. I know I'm supposed to do a better job with that, but um, okay. So we're going to do a little commercial and then we're going to do a lot of the mayor. Squeeze, Tempted by the Fruit of Another, one of my favorite bands, Squeeze. And you guys are going to get squeezed if you don't get to Connors and Sullivan because the law regarding home care benefits changes on January 1st, 2023. If your loved one needs home care benefits, the law governing new in the laws in New York that govern this aspect are scheduled to change on January the 1st, 2023. All 2023 financial transactions 30 months prior to the application for benefits will be scrutinized and subject to penalty periods, including gifts to family members. Financial transfers must be made and benefits uh, benefit applications must be submitted before December 31st to ensure eligibility and protect your assets. So the time to plan is now. Call our friends at Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law. They are specializing in this area and can help you get in under the deadline. But you must start the process as soon as possible to get in before the January 1st deadline. And to do that, the very, very latest would be December the 1st. So don't wait. Don't stress out. Call Connors and Sullivan today. Don't delay. It's 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. 
those are my men, Mitsubishi. You know who my people are when it comes to making your house, your condo, your co-op look beautiful? Rhino Shield, the folks at Rhino Shield. And again, it's not that I've seen it. I live it. I live Rhino Shield. Are you tired of having to paint every four or five years? Don't make the same mistakes by calling a painter. Call Rhino Shield first, and you're going to have a longer-lasting solution. Rhino Shield is engineered to outlast paint, and it is 10 times thicker than traditional paint coatings. Susan will make you paint your co-op, your condo, your single-family house, your multiple-family house, any color you want, any color of the rainbow. You pick it, she'll paint it. Rhino Shield is a ceramic coating that is sprayed onto your building, and it looks just like paint, but it has many more benefits. Protect and beautify your buildings, your home, by adding value, dramatically reducing wall maintenance work while insulating and soundproofing. Condominiums, apartment complex, multifamily homes, single-family homes can all benefit from Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield ensures a successful, worry-free installation that bonds to virtually any substrate. Call to request your free quote by October 31st, yes, by Halloween, and you'll receive a 20% discount, and you'll never have to paint again. So how do you call Susan at Rhino Shield? 877-744-6608. That's 877-744-6608. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. So... Let's talk about careers and career changes. Now, you know, some of you may want to be lawyers. Some of you may want to be real estate brokers. Some of you may want to run a restaurant. But others of you want to just hit the ground running for a new career, maybe a career change for yourself, a family member, a friend, one that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, from, for whom, and how frequently. Well, here's the high-powered and lucrative, and I will repeat repeat, because I have to pay these bills, lucrative career that you really do need to know about. It's court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in high demand. They're in higher demand than ever before. I keep telling you, I go to court and they can't call my cases because there are not enough court officers. Court systems, schools, television stations, they're all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything. From depositions to court cases to live events, the NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can and it can be completed from the convenience of your old home, which is like where everybody wanna, wants to work now. Not at a dollar per tune in Cammons. You're coming into the office. Sign up today by emailing emailing very simple info at plazacollege.edu that's info at plazacollege.edu one more time info at plazacollege.edu sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of the breath fades with the light I think about the loveless fascination Under the Milky Way tonight Lower the curtain down I love it. Nice call, Sam Bellino. The church from Australia. You know, like, I don't have enough pressure, right? I, I've been 
working all day. Now, I did have a little break with Uncle Geraldo, but I came down. As I said, I got this big case going on. But just to add a little more pressure, I got Derek Adis here. I got Schnipper here. I got Della Pietra here. These are my high school classmates who, you know, they still think I'm at the bottom of the class. And I'm trying to prove, I'm trying to prove to these guys that I'm coming on up. I'm coming on up to the east side. Uh, all kidding aside, it's, it's funny that these three individuals are here. They just walked into my office. We had a pre-planned dinner to go out tonight. A bunch of guys from the class of 85 of Poly Prep. We're going to go around the corner to Kalari Tavern and have some great Greek food and some great Greek white wine. Um, I can't go too crazy because I gotta, I gotta go to court tomorrow. Of course, Dr. Michael Vitali has to like fillet somebody open tomorrow and like put them back together. So I guess he'll be taking it easy as well. The interesting part is, you know, obviously I take this very seriously and having the mayor on the show is a, a highlight for me. I was actually with Derek, um, the night before and then the morning of, uh, when the, oh no, I wasn't with Derek. It was Victor Samaha when the New York Times piece came out about me. And there's something very special about sharing special moments in your life with people who you know since you're 11, 12, 13 years old. There's a bond that is, um, it's very difficult to describe, but you could go weeks, months, years without some, seeing some of these people. And yet it, you seem, it seemed like you've seen them yesterday or the week before. Derek is someone who I see on a very regular basis. Actually, I think his wife is going to be on this show, right? Or someone having to do with it, with that very shortly. Um, a topic that I don't want to hit the mayor with uh, too much because it just came down. A federal judge, a federal judge in Syracuse has ruled that the, the new laws regarding guns passed in New York are illegal, unconstitutional, based on the gun case that came down in uh, the at the end of the term from the Supreme Court of the United States of America. That was written by Justice Thomas, who built on the Heller case, which was written by Justice Scalia, which basically says there is a now a presumption that you shall be able to possess a gun out and about. Heller says you can have it in your house. The new case says you can, you can have it walking around. And the so New York State, the legislature, the state legislature passed some laws immediately thereafter. And like, for, for instance, you could have these no gun zones like Times Square, like Union Square, like Grand Central uh, Terminal. Well, this judge said, listen, if you look at the decision that was handed down by the Supreme Court and you put the Second Amendment in there, you can't say to somebody, you're not allowed to walk around Times Square without a gun. Um, I'm sorry, with a gun. Uh, it also said, and I got to be honest with you, I kind of like this piece of, of the, the legislation that he also struck down, that the New York law required permission from owners of private property from a gun owner to carry a gun into their home. So, like, hypothetically, if Derek likes to carry a sidearm and he's going to come into my house where I have a five-year-old and I have a one-year-old, um, I may be like, yo, Derek, I don't want you coming in here with your weapon. They should, They said that I'm not allowed to Derek. I can't tell Derek he's not going to come in my house with my weapon. Now, I don't exactly know what's going to happen. What is he going to call 911 and have me arrested for not allowing him to come into my house because he's got a sidearm? But um, this all happened today. So the way New York answered the gun laws were to create these zones, the, these sensitive location zones that, that you can't carry a gun. Now, the judge did say government buildings, you, you could enforce the ban on carrying a weapon. Polling places, um, uh, I believe he said public and private schools uh, and houses of worship. 
those areas you could say no guns allowed. But you can't say Times Square, Grand Central, Union Square, Central Park, no guns, no guns, no guns. Um, he did allow them a, a certain period uh, to go and appeal it, like three or four days to go appeal it to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals to see what they have to say. He also, two things he changed in the application process. They originally said the application process had to be in person, and he said no. The judge said, There's, nowhere says, you don't have the power to say it's got to be in person. It could be on papers. It could be virtually. And he changed the standard of proof. The standard of proof now is, uh, according to New York, you have to prove that you're of good moral character and you deserve a gun. He said, no, 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 no. The law's changed. They have to prove that you don't deserve a gun. So the gun laws here in New York State that were enacted by the state legislature have been flipped on their head by a federal judge. And uh, it's going to go now to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals this week or early next week, and we'll see what happens. Don't you go anywhere. The mayor of the city of New York is coming right up. All right, so I'm so glad I'm doing this 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 little read right here because it reminds me of something I definitely want to talk to the mayor about. What is Monday? Monday is Columbus Day, and it's supposed to be great weather. And with, with God's blessing, I will be marching in the Columbus Day Parade yet once again. And for over 75 years, the Columbus Citizens Foundation has promoted Italian-American culture and heritage and has provided thousands of scholarships to Italian-American students who have academic ability but find themselves in need of financial aid for their education. It is no exaggeration to state that this scholarship program has literally changed the lives of students over the course of generations, but they cannot do it alone. To find out how you can help the Columbus Citizens Foundation, visit www.columbuscitizens.org. That's www.columbuscitizens.org. Learn more about the various scholarships offered by the foundation and help make a difference in someone's life today. The Columbus Citizens Foundation will bring you the Columbus Day Parade this Monday. They've been doing it every year, and you can help them bring a quality education to Italian-American students in need by donating today. Visit their site at www.columbuscitizens.org. That's www.columbuscitizens.org. And Joe Piscopo, he'll be front and center at the parade on Monday, so you better tune in. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Well, I am working today, so uh, as I said, as the quintessential New Yorker, you have to see New York from the water. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. It is absolutely fantastic. When I was a kid, when I was in poly prep, we used to ride the ferry, the Staten Island Ferry, for 50 cents just to go up close to the Statue of Liberty and back. And uh, it was just it – it's, it's, it's such a different perspective. Uh, my buddy, uh, John Esposito, his friend Rob, he's got a boat and something, you know, like a little dinghy boat, and we go around the city every once in a while. The city looks so different from the sea. 
and you have the opportunity to experience with me and Espo and Aiello and and all my friends. Geraldo's been has taken me on his boat around the city. I don't have a boat. I'm, I'm the best day of a boat owner's life is the first day and the last day. I'm not signing up for that, but. I'm telling you from personal experience, it's an amazing experience. And the reason why you have access to it is you could go on the Atlantis yacht with Captain Fred at New York Cruises. Captain Fred and the New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with every detail. If you're looking to wow your corporate guests, your clients, your employees, there's no other way to go than with New York Cruises for an unforgettable event aboard the Atlantis. Those picturesque New York City skyline views, there's gourmet food, there's an awesome bar, the staff is fantastic. What's not to love so call 212-633-1231 and see how captain fred and his first class yacht crew will make your special occasion an unforgettable day pick up the phone and call 212-633-1231 or visit newyorkcruises.com listen to us online at am970theanswer.com tune in iheart alexa or odyssey.com we're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, you know, I'm all about Brooklyn. I got a guy, a bunch of guys in the house. They're all from Brooklyn. And the mayor of the city of New York, he was the borough president, not of Staten Island, not of Manhattan, not of the Bronx, not of the Queens, but of Brooklyn. Um, before we jump on the phone with the mayor of the city of New York, I just need to put some things in perspective because I actually learned some things today preparing for this show with the mayor. What I get hit with the most from people who know that I'm friendly with Mayor Giuliani and I'm friendly with uh, Mayor Adams is how you know Rudy got things under control and the city was so much safer when Rudy was the mayor. And I don't have the 2022 numbers with with the uh, with the current administration but this is the end of the de blasio administration the end of the administration that of eight years that people say he's the worst mayor ever and i think the numbers are going to surprise some people some people that are actually in this room so in 1998 very deep into the giuliani uh administration robberies in the city of new york for that whole year were 39,000. 39 so very close to 40 grand Robberies at the end of 2021 were 13,000. I mean, that, you know, that's a, a very, let's see, what is it? It's a 64% drop. So we're 64% lower in robberies from the middle of the Giuliani administration until the end of the de Blasio administration. Um, rape from, the, to, from Rudy to Giuliani, I'm sorry, from uh, Giuliani to de Blasio is down 40%. Um, another big one, burglaries. In 1998, there were 47,000 burglaries, and in 2021, there were 12,000 burglaries. Now, to Rudy's, let me just put things in perspective for Rudolph Giuliani. In 1990, there were 122,000 burglaries. 122,000 when in the Dinkins administration. In the middle of the Giuliani administration, burglaries were down to 47,000. So Rudy knocked off uh, a tremendous, a tremendous amount. Uh, the same with robberies. When Rudy came in, there was 180,000, I'm sorry, 100,000 robberies in the city of New York in 1990. Uh, in the middle of Rudy, it was 40,000. So he knocked down 60,000. But if you look at 98 compared to 2021, 
the numbers are still way, way, way down. I mean, I'll just read off the percentage change from 21 to 98 without telling you the murder down 22%, rape down 40%, robbery down 65%, felony assault down 20%, burglaries down 72%, grand larceny down 20% and GLA down 76%. So I know we feel a little less safe than we used to, but the numbers compared to when we said Rudy made us all so safe, we're a heck of a lot safer now. Without further ado, the mayor of the city of New York, my friend Eric Adams. Hello, Mr. Mayor. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you, brother? Good to speak with you. And I, I mean, don't. I caught, I caught, I caught the, the numbers that you just dropped. Hey, hey, let, me, let me tell you something. You know, there was this person sitting for a portrait, and he had a big scar on his face. And when the artist came, he told the artist, I know you see I have this scar, but remember, I have a face. <laughs> Keep that in mind while you draw my portrait. Wow. The portrait of our city. Yeah, we have scars. Yes, we have six crimes a day, felony crimes a day on the subway system. But we have 3.5 million riders a day. And yes, we have scars of people who want to use violence that we're going after. But we have police officers that have removed 5,000 guns off the street. We're not coming back. New York is back. No, I hear it now. So increasing. So you know, people need to tell the real story. Arthur, if you wake up every day, and people take the worst of our city and highlight it daily, you're going to define our city by that. That's not the New York that I see every day. New York is here and is here to stay. And I want to be clear on that. No, I listen, and no, no one's got your back and is singing that song louder than I am. So I, I'm with you, Mr. Mayor, 100%. But I have to tell you, like this Tuesday, I believe it was. So I'm in court right by your office there in City Hall. I get on the train and I'm coming to my Midtown office on the four train. And um, there's a guy on the train. The, the train is like, you know, 50% full as it should be at whatever it was noon. And there's a guy who looks like he's dressed kind of appropriately. Uh, no indication there's anything wrong. And as soon as the doors close, he starts screaming and yelling and he's in curse words. And, you know, I go from reading my phone to put my phone away. I'm getting ready to throw down. He's not necessarily looking at me, but you know, there's a, an older woman next to me. There's a young lady across from me. You know, I got a little kid. I got two little kids. I'm like, if this guy starts throwing down, like, you know, you know how I am. Chivalry's not dead, right? I'm going to, help these people your brain starts spinning now luckily the next stop came the doors open i just got out and went into another car but those types of incidents are what you know again that was there was no crime committed but this guy was out you know he was out there so what my friends who sometimes give me a hard time about being so pro eric adams asked me to ask you on the show eric adams tell the listeners of the author idola power hour what you and your team, the, the plan today. We know what your plan was in January. Things have gotten a little bit better. Thank God shootings are down. Shooting victims are down. Murders are down. But other things are up, like robberies, which I think is the, the top of the list here. What is Eric Adams' team doing to stop the robberies, especially in the transit system? And, and, and as, as I stated um, from the onset, onset uh, when you see incidents like that, we have to really analyze what's happening in our city in a real way. There's a mental health crisis. And remember, police can't only address the mental health crisis. It needs a combination of all the agencies that deal with mental health. And you know what happens when the police officers respond. Everyone who is now saying, why are you trying to throw the police at people? 
who have mental health issues, you're trying to criminalize them. No, we have been approaching those mental health crises. We just lost an amazing, uh, you know, public servant and Lieutenant Russo who was stabbed, mental health crisis. Michelle Go pushed to the subway train, mental health crisis. But, but, but Eric, you can understand how those things freak people out. In other words, she, I believe you promoted her. She's now Captain Russo. What happened with yeah. that woman? She's a 61-year-old public servant. I, need the, I mean, your eulogy was great. I, I, I'm tired. I know you're much more tired than I am. I'm tired of hearing you give eulogies. I heard you give uh, Rivera's eulogy and Mora's eulogy. Uh, but the way we think as lay people, you know, she's a uniformed officer. You're thinking there's a degree of protection that she may have that we don't have. And she's, you know, getting a, a lunch and she gets stabbed in the neck. And, and look, you and I can't not get into rattling them all off. So what should I tell my buddies who are breaking my chops? What's Eric Adams doing? What's his team doing to address the mental health issue? Well, first thing, first, first thing you should say to your buddies who, who busting your chops, the safety of this city is all about responsibilities and concern. Uh, our police officers every day, job felony arrests are up 70 of a, a 27 year high and felony arrests of dangerous people so by, but us by us all being engaged together they should advocate for what we're seeing i'm trying to push in albany we had to put uh, a teeth to the kindred law so that we can make determination of people who can't take care of themselves they should not remain on our streets right now we're not doing that we're not extending who can make that determination. That's what I'm going to be pushing for in Albany. So when do you think that's going to happen, Mr. Mayor? Well, this is, this is many of the pathways we have to take. January, we pick folks come back in Albany. But in the interim, we increased the number of police officers on patrol in our subway system. We have taken proactive. Remember in the previous administration, no one was going after those who were set for services. No one was going after the encampments. No one was going after people who were living on the system. We've changed that. We've done just the opposite of, of making sure that we are proactively going after those who are creating not only the actual crimes, but the perception of fear that we're seeing, seeing every day. So, and listen, uh, often we cannot, if a person is on the street right now, homeless, uh, being disruptive, there's only a certain level that we can do based on the laws of this state I'm on aware, taking that person off the street. I, I'm, aware, I'm, so, I'm, I'm well aware, Your Honor. I mean, I, you know, I follow this stuff. So, <laughs> you know, let me so ask I, you this question. I I, well, you know, let me say this, brother. This ahead. is important. This is important. Listen, listen. What I'm saying to New Yorkers, every, imagine waking up every day and someone's telling you about the worst part of your day. Every day. Every day. Those six crimes are in our subway system. We pick the worst one of them. We highlight them. We have a page in the paper that says city in crisis. That's not defined in New York. That, I have corporations coming here open. Major global corporations are open. Tourism is back. To 50, we're going to have 56 million tourists. The hotels are back. 94% occupancy. This city is back. Okay, so I got, I got, I got, I got a couple questions on on the topic you just said. First of all, you talked about reading the papers. I'm curious. Does Mayor Adams? Do you read the papers? Yes, I do for information okay. purposes. But okay. I'm not reading. I'm not. I'm not allowing the papers to take away what I'm seeing every day in this city. Every day I'm all over the city. I'm up at five a.m. in the morning. I'm normally um, 
checking out around 1 o'clock, sometimes 2 a.m. I'm not allowing people to take away what I'm seeing in the city. So when I'm on the subway system, I'm, I'm on at night. I like to go down at night to see how what's going on during the evening time. I'm at all these ribbon cuttings of companies coming back in this city. We are defining our own story. And that's what I want to say to those New Yorkers out there who were saying this. Remember, Arthur, they were saying this a month after I was in office. Eric, how come you never fixed all the potholes? I, believe me, I'm, I, am, <laughs> I, I am well aware. <laughs> I am well aware. So, Eric, let me ask you this. Uh, I had lunch today with Geraldo Rivera, and he asked me to ask you a question yes. about what we're talking about, about the newspapers, about what you're saying. is like if anyone only brings up the worst part of your day. Uh, you, you, know, you won the primary over a year ago. It's, we're just about on the anniversary. You win in the general election. He, he said, you know, ask Eric if waking up in the morning and, and I, look, I, am, I know how hard you're working. I know for a fact because of relationships I have with people in your office, following your schedule. How uh, demoralizing is it or how much does it hurt when you know, you see with your own eyes things that are getting better and yet the media is only focused on the negative stuff? How much does it affect the psyche of Mayor Eric Adams? None at all. I cannot, I cannot tell you how focused I am when I'm out in the streets and I see people giving me that symbolic thumbs up or telling me that, listen, Eric, we know how hard you're working. So the inside folks who only judge themselves by the headlines that are written about them, that's not how I live. I'm, I'm, I'm among the people in this city every day, and I see the energy they have. They said, listen, we know this is hard, but we know New Yorkers. And so, listen, brother, you're going to always have naysayers. That's the nature of the beast. <laughs> So let's get back to crime for one second, because, you know, that's my ballywick. Yeah. And I'm not asking you to betray any confidences, but what are your relationship like with the five district attorneys? Because, you know, they have a lot of power on how things get handled once those police officers take those 5000 guns off the street. You know, I know because Joe Hines told me himself that Bloomberg sat them down and said, unless you give everyone who gets nailed for a gun two years jail, I'm going to mess with your budget. And they all stuck to it. Morgenthau, Hines. Uh, I forget, uh, um, Dick Brown in Queens, they all, uh, 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 come on, whatever, I knew all five of the DAs at the time, but I mean, he, you know, Bloomberg really put the arm on them saying, we need to keep the guns off the street and the guys who have the gun, have the guns and they can't get back out onto the street. Is Mayor Eric Adams have the kind of relationship with the district attorney's offices to work hand in hand with them to really fight these problems? Yeah, listen, we, we have been sitting down, co- conversating, giving solutions with the district attorneys. But think about this for a moment, because you really, you know, as a, uh, an attorney, you understand this process. Number one, our criminal justice system is, needs to be repaired. The bottleneck in the court system is unbelievable. Someone out in a homicide charge, and they're out for months before they are sentenced. That makes no sense. Many guys are not, not even going to trial anymore. You know, you used to be able to threaten people. If you don't take a plea, you go to trial. Now they're laughing at the thought of going to trial. We're not even doing trials the way they, they should be. People are in and out of the system. The system is broken and it's feeding this crisis uh, that we are witnessing. You saw what happened with the rapper. The, the rapper shot a police officer in himself. The judge states he did everything right that his mother told him to do. He was back out on the street at court with another gun. Another rapper was bailed out. Uh, uh, he was bailed out uh, with a gun charge. 
got out, he had to shoot in front of the St. Patrick Cathedral. This is what we are up against year, I mean, day after day after day. And we're going to keep doing our job uh, to deal with this violence because the violence is what is preventing people from seeing all the good stuff that's happening in this city every day in the city. And I so, see it every day. And so let me, I'm, let's I, talk about I guns. I'm optimistic about the future. Uh, listen, yeah. I'm more optimistic than you are, Mr. May. I got, I have a 10 month old. Okay. So I need this city to be great for the next hundred years. I, I don't know if you got that yeah. much time left in your bandwidth, but I'm here for a hundred. <laughs> I got to watch my daughter turn 40. I'm staying until I'm 94 years old. You ain't getting rid of me. So a federal judge today came down with a ruling, and I don't want to catch you off guard here because it came down a couple of hours ago, saying that with the legislature set up, these no-gun uh, zones like Times Square and Grand Central uh, are illegal, that you can't have – you can have government buildings can be no-gun zones, polling places can be no-gun zones, schools and places of worship. Besides that, you cannot arbitrarily say you can't have a gun in Central Park, you can't have a gun in Times Square, you can't have a gun in Grand Central. Is uh, Do you know about this? Because it, it's really hours old. Yeah, no, but uh, my team immediately has stuff breaks. My team immediately reached out and let me know. We're analyzing the ruling. Uh, the governor and the AG uh, uh, defended the case. Uh, you know, of course, we are appealing, and that's the beauty of our criminal justice system. Uh, you have the authority to appeal those rulings that you disagree with. Uh, and whichever is the outcome, if, if we lose the appeal, then we're going to respect the, the ruling of the court. We will always follow what the courts dictate and say. Okay, I mean, I, I you could take the fifth on this one. I'm not looking for a whole bunch of people to be rolling around Times Square with a sidearm. I don't care if it's my buddy Derek who I trust or my buddy Chris who I trust, because if one dude who's a bad dude pops off his gun, what are we going to have, 80 other people whipping out a gun and shooting around in Times Square? I don't want to sign up for that. And you know what? You know what? That's what many people don't understand. People, people have a tendency to believe that, okay, if I, got my, if I have my gun, I'm going to... I'm going to be able to defend myself. First, first of all, nothing could be further from the truth. If someone gets to jump on you and they have a gun, you are not going to have time to defend yourself. <laughs> Trust me. And, and even if you're able to pull it out, one person pulls out a gun. We have sometimes 300,000 people, Arthur, in Times Square. If you have 1,000 people with guns and they hear gunshots, who knows the difference between a good guy and a bad guy that has a gun? It's Listen, totally I, chaotic. It is a real danger to our safety in a place like New York where we're densely populated. And just so you know how much I love Times Square, I'm broadcasting this show live a week from tonight at the foot of the steps. I'm doing, they're giving me an extra hour. I'm, I'm doing two hours. I have the new restaurants coming on, some of the new Broadway shows coming on. I am, I'm going to be the cheerleader for the city over here. Um, before I have to let you go. Well, I got to come. Wait a, minute, wait a minute. You didn't invite me to that. What are you doing? Listen, you're always invited to everything. <laughs> Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, Thanksgiving. My birthday's December 1st. We'll be at the Friars Club. You can come over to that. And speaking of friends and birthdays, I need. I'm a, go ahead, Eric, you I'm go. Gonna, I'm going to be there. But, you know, let me tell you something. Your audience really believes in this city. You know, they believe in the city. They're business people. They have their own business. They believe in public safety. This is a time. And I'm the pilot right now. Like it or not, I'm the pilot of this plane. I'm with you. This is I a, voted you in as the pilot. A, and I'm, t I'm, I'm saying to your, your listeners, don't hope for me to crash because you're on this plane with me. So I'm with you. 
I'm with you. I, listen, I tell my buddy Chris from Dyka Heights that all the time. Let me let me clear the air about one thing, and it'll take two minutes. My my dear friend yes. Frank Carone, he announced he's your chief yes. of staff. He announced he's departing at the end of the year. I just want you to verify that was the plan all along since he started working with you maybe two years ago uh, to help you get elected, correct? Without a doubt. I, I tell Frank is a longtime friend, and Frank had a good business, a good law firm, after winning the election, I said, Frank, I need you to come in for a year and to steady the ship, help me build out a team, which is a great team. Help me build out a team. Can you come in for a year to do it? Frank said, Eric, I give you my commitment. I'll come in for a solid year. This was something he and I both thought through. If I were to ask Frank, Frank, can you hang out a little longer? Because I need you to. Frank would do it. You know, All right, Frank, I know. I just, I, I just, he's, not, he's the best. Yeah, he's not a cheap of staff. Frank is a friend. He's a friend that was there like you that said, listen, this is the type of guy that should be the mayor of our city. And, and I, I cannot thank his friendship enough. I'm, I'm with you, and I feel the same way about him. And I think the city was lucky to have him and still have him. He's not going anywhere. He's working his tail off, and he'll continue to work his tail off. I can't <laughs> let you go, Mr. Mayor, without talking about the migrant situation and people yelling at me, why did your mayor put these people in, in a flood zone in Orchard Beach, and now he's moving them to Randall's Island, which is known to be another flood zone. And I know you got a victory today regarding the Bruckner houses in the Bronx, and you got additional housing, and that's a fantastic victory. I know there was a little bit of a battle in uh, – uh, in the city council and you won that and that's a W and I know you're always counting your W's but people want to know what's happening with the migrants versus the homeless like where are we putting all of these people in these in these tents on Randall's Island Orchard Beach uh, cruise ships hotels it's just a little question to end the indoor, <laughs> to end the interview of. No, and, I, and I like that and I like that you know you know what's interesting brother um, there's one uh, quote speech I say I read every morning just about and is president roosevelt i'm a man in the mid in the arena you know it's not the critic who kills it's not the man that points out how a brave man uh, stumble or the doer of these should have done them better the true credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena face marred with dust sweat and blood i'm in the arena and it's easy for people who sit in the bleachers of life and talk about what the man in the arena should do or what calls they make or how they fail. That's easy to do. I'm making the calls that's best for this city. And sometimes those calls don't come out to, to the best. You stumble. But you get up and you make the adjustments. And anyone that has ever been in the arena, they tip their hats to people who are in the arena. I'm making the best calls for this city. And we're going to get through this together as New Yorkers. I appreciate it. Tell me what I tell my friends about Randall's Island. <laughs> tell me. I Randall's mean, Island is a is a we we there was no flooding at Orchard Beach. It was puddling. And we stated my commissioner, an ex military person, a, a hero in our city, he stated that we can fix this puddling problem, but it would be better if we go to Randall's Island with a three foot and height increase so that we can put uh, the centers there. People are not living there. They're going there for a processing center. Now, check out, check out the hypocrisy of this, Arthur. Go ahead, I'm listening. Do you, know we ha- do you know we had camps during COVID in Central Park? Do you know we had a boat, a hospital boat during yes. COVID? Yes. Docked? So why is it okay for everyday New Yorkers to be in a camp 
a tent in Central Park during COVID, and migrants can't be there as a processing center or be in a boat during COVID, but migrants can't be on a boat during processing center. It's not that they can't do it. Some people just want to be naysayers, and I'm a yaysayer. I'm gonna get, get but, but so when they get processed, then what happens though, Eric? So you got all these people, and I know, look, there are deeper issues here. I know you've said something, you've you've raised a question mark about whether migrants are being shipped off to cities that have black mayors. But I, you know, I as a native New Yorker who may be affected with the the reality of having all of these new people in here, when you're saying they're being processed, they're being processed, and then what happens? We take down their name, rank, serial number. Now what happens with them? Here's, 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 here's what it is. Uh, number one, I'm never going to take away the resources that are for uh, those New Yorkers who are in need of services. We're not doing that, and we should not have to pit against uh, the migrants and non-migrants. And it, it, we're, with a real level of honesty, when we look into our lineage, all of us came from somewhere. It doesn't matter who we are. At one time, our ancestors came to these shores trying to participate in the American dream. And they... The things people are saying about migrants, they said it about all of us. Uh, listen, of you, I, you're here. talking to a Sicilian. I mean, of course I know what, what, what happened. <laughs> there you are. And so here's what we do, uh, Arthur. Uh, there were many people who came here that did not want to come to New York City. But incentivized them coming to New York in Texas borders, El Paso, uh, Dallas, and other places. And what they're doing is finding out where do you really want to go? That's number one. There's some people that want to go to places where you have a large Venezuelan population. So we want a system to get there. There are others who have family members in the city that they want to stay with or people who sponsor them. Then there are those who need to be cycled into our shelter system until they can get on their feet. And what, what is the I'm ultimate goal? This- is the ultimate goal to make them citizens, to be tax-paying, productive members of society? Is that the direction we're heading in? Ultimate goal is what the goal was with all of us that came to this country. Those who legally are allowed to be asylum seeker, uh, they should be allowed to stay. Those who are not legally allowed to be asylum seeker should return back to the country that they came from. But, but the groups fled prosecution, persecution in uh, Venezuela. That's where the largest population. But the goal is to do what we've always done as Americans and as New Yorkers. Those who pass the asylum seeker, uh, should be allowed to stay, and those who don't have, must return to their country. This is the law of what we what we live by. But in oh, the well. meantime, we need to we need to make sure we don't create an environment that's dangerous for our our city in any way. Well, as a 22-year veteran of the NYPD, I can't think of anyone else's hands. I want uh, safety to be put in, and I know you know Rome wasn't built in a day. But speaking of Rome, I got a message from Frank from Staten Island. He wants to know, number one, will you be marching in the Columbus Day Parade uh, this Monday? It was supposed to be beautiful weather with the Columbus Citizens Foundation, where I saw our mutual friend Tom, uh, Tom Swazi have a nice event for you when you were a candidate. So the question is, number one, will you be marching? But the deeper question is, the, the Italian-American Heritage Day, which has been called Columbus Day for over 100 years, is under attack. It's under attack by the Board of uh, Education, uh, by various uh, other agencies. 
What is Mayor Adams' uh, position? And I know you have a very strong relationship with the Italian-American community, but I need you to tell my listeners, and there's a lot of Italians and Sicilians out there, what is Mayor Adams? Number one, are you marching? Who are you marching with? And and number two, what is the uh, what is Mayor Adams' position on, on Italian-American heritage and, and Columbus Day? Well, number one, I look forward to marching. And uh, as I stated, uh, not only this year, but in previous years, we have a rich Italian community. And uh, I have attended a, an event um, at one of the locations. I forgot, I forgot who actually sponsored with, with Italian-American uh, heritage group did. And I believe you were there also. I was there. I was there. I, I watched you. You know, you, you fit in with the Sicilians. You fit in with us. <laughs> uh, what I attended. So I look, I look forward to it. I look forward to continue to uplift uh, the rich heritage and contribution of the, of the Italian community. And, it, but, and what, what I firmly believe, uplifting the heritages of groups doesn't have to tear down other groups. We have you. enough room in this country to uplift all groups because all of us contribute to what we call the American dream. Thank you. Because I got very upset. Someone sent me a text about a proclamation or some sort of a bill that was put up. I don't know if it was in the assembly or the city council, totally eliminating Columbus day and renaming it indigenous people day. And what mayor Adams, what you just said is you don't need to knock down one to put up the other. All great people have been flawed from Lincoln to Jefferson and, and, and Columbus as well. And we have to, as Eric Adams taught us today, you got to look at the positive. Don't highlight the negative. Listen, that's what I believe because you know what? I'm perfectly imperfect and I'm as flawed as one can get, but I keep keep every day trying to reach the best inside me. And that's my goal. And so you're not going to agree with me all the time. You're not going to always believe I did the right thing. But one thing no one will ever be able to say, that I don't love this city and I'm committed and dedicated this, to this city and I will continue to be a public servant to the city as long as I live. And no one will ever say you're not the best-dressed mayor in the, the United States of America. <laughs> Eric Adams, thank you so much for your time, buddy. You, all. We all got your thank back you. on the Author Idola Power Hour. I'll see you Monday at the parade. All right. Take care. Thank you. All right, folks, there you go. You had a whole half hour with the mayor of the city of New York. I tried to get your questions in, and I was reading them live. We'll be back tomorrow night live. Thanks so much. See you later. But if you lose, don't ask no questions why. The only game you know is doing that. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.